Tell me your favorite part of Christmas with the pranks. Okay, there. Hey, Chandler, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the biggest Christmas with the cranks fan on the phone right now. Yes, Chandler, honey, I need you to come over here. No, come, come over here, honey. Seriously. Uh, this is our Christmas with the Cranks episode right here. We're starting off our elf episode with a Christmas with the Cranks episode. Here we go. Chan, come here. Come here. She's nervous. All right. So my wife Chandler is (laughs) the biggest Christmas with the Cranks fan probably in the entire world. She is literally on the floor laughing right now, not because of anything funny that we've done, but because that's how she copes with being nervous. She's just thinking about how funny Christmas with the Cranks is. (laughs) Chandler, what's your personal experience with Christmas with the Cranks? Come up here to the mic, honey. Come up here to the mic. Chan, get off the floor. What's your experience with the Cranks? Chandler, get off the floor. She's on her back on the floor, <laughs> and now the dog <laughs> has grabbed her ponytail. I'm so nervous. I'm sweating. <laughs> Chandler, nobody can hear you. Nobody can hear you because we're recording on the microphone. You majored in what? Music performance. So you you know how to get up in front of people. Sing us a song about Christmas with the Cranks. <laughs> so, we all want to know, Chandler, what was your favorite part? Just one part. What's your favorite part about Christmas with the Cranks? I don't remember. <laughs> we just need you to say a sentence so that we can just say that you something. were a guest on our Christmas with the Cranks episode. <laughs> this is like that episode of um, of the uh, SpongeBob where he's writing his essay about um, what he learned at boating school. <laughs> the... We just need you to say what I like about Christmas <laughs> with the Cranks is. <laughs> no, you have to get up here to the mic. <laughs> what about? I like the part no, up here at the microphone. <laughs> no, up here at the microphone. No, no, my favorite part. No, up here at the microphone. <laughs> my favorite part is when they sing. Um, the song. <laughs> Their favorite the part song. is when they sing the song. <laughs> what the song? song? In Spanish, Peruvian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, everyone. That, that was, was my wife. That was our Christmas with the Cranks episode. We'll see you soon. <laughs> and skin ass for listening. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Purely Nostalgia. It's the podcast where we look at uh, the movies that we liked as kids with our adult eyes, and we try to figure out if they were actually good or if we just thought they were. And that was our Christmas with the Cranks episode, but now we're doing our Elf episode. Um, and my name is Eli Shapsmith, and I am the greatest good you're ever going to get. My name is Clint Jazz Hands Page, and I'm what the French call Les Compétents. We've already done a whole episode within an episode. I feel like we're off to a great start today. Yeah, pretty really much. making good time. I really hope that you are able to splice something out of that because probably maybe 80% was my wife laying on the floor going, I'm nervous. That took about 10 minutes. I'm not sure how much made it into the episode, but <laughs> that listener just know that that took a while. Um, it's because she has, she has performance anxiety. Is she okay with us leaving it in, though? Hey, honey, are you good with leaving this in? Yeah, she's good with <laughs> okay, it. Okay, good. Uh, because I think it's gold. Um, well... We need to check in with you uh, on your, your bulking season quest before we get Correct. started today. Uh, you have an just update to for f- us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to follow up, uh, I mean, if you are unfamiliar with what bulking season is, um, it means that this is the season for Daddy to gain the LBs. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need to get bigger so that I can support myself in the winters. 
Um, to check in, uh, I've been eating spoonfuls of peanut butter a few times a day. Um, and, I, <laughs> and I've also been going to the gym multiple times a week. Okay. This isn't anything new. I've been doing that for a little under a year now. Wow, you're so um, cool. I am, and I'm dedicated as well. Okay. Um, at last recording, I weighed 170, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, currently, I'm at 169. <laughs> oh, no. So it is not working. First of all, nice, but second of all, <laughs> you're doing a bad job. Yeah. What the heck's happening, Maybe guys? Maybe a little less cardio, a little bit more weight training, I guess. I guess, yeah. Low and slow, I guess, is how I need to be doing my weights. If there's any avid weight lifters out there, um, I will take your advice because I, I may not be underweight. I'm I'm 6'2", and I currently weigh 169. Again, nice. Nice. Um, and so I'm not sure. I don't think I'm underweight. I'm not overweight. I'm about in the middle. So I'd prefer to get to, get to be larger so that I can... I mean, you're a slender man, family. but you're not like I am. I'm not am a, a bony man. little skinny boy, you know. This is true. This is true. Um, well, thanks for the update. Um, this is our second Christmas episode of of the year already, right? We're doing two Christmas episodes this year. That's Correct. pretty cool. Yeah, just kind of how uh, I guess our recording schedule fell. Yeah, because um, yeah, last year we only did one. Well, I think we kind of planned this too. We were like, why why don't we go ahead and just make both of our December ep- December episodes Christmas episodes? Because why not? Because Christmas season starts um, midnight the night of Halloween for me. So um, yeah, really, this was me restraining myself. I would love to cover. I would love to do only Christmas movies on this show. To be honest. Yeah, really. and you know, to be honest, I do feel like we are a little bit spoiled. I'm jumping ahead in the curriculum a little bit here, mm-hmm. um, but our past, I don't know, five episodes, we've had the luxury of being able to view on Disney Plus, so oh, yeah. uh, this this was a little bit of a deviation, so now, now I realize how thankful I am for Disney content. Yeah, I, I had to pay um, Steve Jobs... Three ninety nine. I had to go slip four dollars into his coffin, and he wasn't able to give me that one penny of change back to rent this movie. I uh, so. I uh, was I, I got the views I guess for free because um, I viewed it on Spectrum, and that's mm. part of our cable package. Nice. So I didn't have, but I pay for that monthly. So gotcha. You know, um, so listeners, there's there's where you can find it. If you've got Spectrum, you can watch the movie yep. Elf, or just turn on your television to any cable network in the month of and December. And wait a little bit. And yeah. it will be playing within the next three hours. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, um, Clint, I have a question for you before we really start talking about the movie Elf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie Elf involves a man named Santa Claus. and He is a character in this. I That's was correct. curious... When was the first time that you realized that Santa Claus is real? Oh man. Well, it it, it kind of came in flows for me, honestly. I grew up thinking he was real, you know, like most kids do. Mm-hmm. And then at about 4th grade, I had um what I call atheist juniors okay. uh come up to me and tell me that no Santa is indeed not real. And so I lived my life for about another eight years mm. um, in that reality that, no, Santa, Santa Claus is not real. Um, he is indeed fake. Um, and, and, and then come to find out, studying abroad, take a trip to the <laughs> North Pole, okay. trip, trip on a little something, what, what is this? I open up a hatch, and once you believe it, it's the elves working on Santa's toys. And then I saw it, and I've kept my silence since then. Um, and you know, that's when I found out was, and that was, oh man, eight years from when I was in fourth grade. That was about four years ago hmm. that that happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about you? Okay. Um, for me, uh, I actually never believed that Santa Claus was real, even when I uh, like. My parents would tell me he was real. They told me the gifts were coming from Santa when I was a small child. I never believed that he was real until mm-hmm. um, I went and saw the movie Polar Express in theaters. Um, this is a yeah. movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, from Robert Zemeckis. Wonderful, wonderful film. And the people in that movie, it is an animated movie, but it looks so real mm-hmm. that I just realized it's got to be 
This got to be real Santa. He it had, is real. He had Tom Hanks's <laughs> voice. That's true. But the animation was so lifelike and not at all Uncanny Valley. That yeah, I just not said, at all. I I bought in wholeheartedly, and I said, "This man is." I I put my I put down my nets and I followed him. Um, Santa to talk so. about Polar Express a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. He he was a few characters in uh, the mocap Polar Express, right? He was the. I think conductor. he's all the adults, isn't he? He is no. Well, yeah, I think most of the adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also the mocap for the main little boy as well. Yeah, did you know that? I did know <laughs> That's that. That's strange, isn't it? Truly insane. Why not get yeah. the the kid who did the voice of him? Who Dude. looks like the little boy. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. He also did the mocap for Mr. Rogers in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. <laughs> he did, indeed. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Have you seen that movie? I did, yeah. I saw it. I liked it way more than I thought I would. And I thought he's it looked pretty good. He's a supporting actor. Yeah. Yeah, he's not the main character. It's about the journalist guy who writes an article about him mm. and realizes- Interesting. Oh, maybe it is good to be nice and maybe it maybe maybe it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Uh but he's still in it a bunch. He's just not the main character. Mm. mm I see. I yeah. see. Um but yes, Santa Claus definitively is real. Um surprise. Mm-hmm. Does not deliver presents to everyone though is the thing. Mm. Well, only good kids, right? Only well, yes, he only two good kids, but now that like technology and Amazon and Jeff Bezos, you know, all that stuff, um, he only really delivers it to kids without internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of he has downscaled his exercise, and as we have learned in the movie Elf, it is factual. He does only build uh, small wooden trains and yes. etch a sketches, which is really a pretty small percentage of the toys that kids open on Christmas Day these days. Hey, if you think about it, Santa's sleigh is the f- is the original Amazon drone. That's very true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And this is a comedy bit that I've said, and now the people will laugh. Um. Hold on, do it again. Uh, I have to do the whole bit again? Well, just like the punchline. Okay, well, maybe we should start from the beginning. So Santa. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he's a guy who delivers toys. Um, toys to all the girls and boys. He has a sleigh that flies. If you think about Jeff it. Jeff Bezos. Now, Amazon has been known to employ drones. And yes, I said employ. Mm-hmm. They're hiring robots, flying robots. Yeah. They work yep. for them. And they take W2 employees. toys to people's houses, <laughs> not just toys, but things. and Yeah, devices. Um, I think this is still something that they're just experimenting with. But mm-hmm. um, if you think about it, and here's where the joke is, just be ready Kay, to laugh. I'm ready for this. If you yeah, think yeah, about yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Santa's sleigh that he flies around with. So Hold on a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's kind of like the first Amazon drone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I just threw up all of my dinner because that was so dang funny. All of my Arby's is on the ground because that was so dang funny. And your li- the listeners probably think that you said Arby's as a joke, but I know from the Snapchats that you sent me that you did, in fact, eat Arby's for dinner. Yeah, because I ordered two, one for lunch, one for dinner. Oh, yeah, I noticed in the video that your wife ordered you two roast beef sandwiches. Two beef and cheddars, And I yeah. thought... Chandler is a vegan. <laughs> She's also gluten free. So, <laughs> this these are not. <laughs> one of these is not for her. Are these both nope. for Clint? All right, I might be vegan, but Arby's is the exception. Because <laughs> it's not real meat. That's why. Uh, <laughs> so we should probably talk about the movie Elf. And let's do it. And you have written Elf me in the notes. I did. And that's I some did sort of joke, me. I suppose. Yeah, because, hold on a minute, I'm going to do another edit. Are you ready? This is going to be funny. I know the listeners really like this stuff. All right. I see what you've done here. You've made it into a bad phrase that you shouldn't say. Yeah, I sure did. Kids, cover your (laughs) ears. And while you've got your ears covered, kids, Santa's actually not real. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Thank goodness. That was tough. That that improv that we did was so tough. Mm -hmm. Really tough. Um, the movie Elf is a 2003 movie from John Favreau, 
Um, strange that is John Favreau. <laughs> it is strange that man has done a lot of different types of movies. I mean, they're all. And it is weird. It is weird that this movie was also nominated for best animated picture. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> yes, this Iron Man two, um, and Lion King two thousand nineteen. Yep. are all animated for Golden Globes this year for Best Animated Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can I could see that for this one because there was some stop motion stuff at the beginning. Yeah, that's tr- yeah, that's true. But is that yeah, that's animated, I guess, because it's not he- um, it's not skin. So, Clint, what's your personal experience with the movie Elf? Sure. So, um, this movie again, like you said, came out in two thousand and three. I did not see it. Um, in 2003, I probably didn't see it until about 2006. Um, so I probably saw it later than uh, most people did. I don't remember seeing any previews for it at all. I just remember us sitting down as a family watching it, and um, I thought, you know, I like it. It was cute. But then, but then I got to that weird age where it was re- uh, it was cool and in vogue for me to not like things. And inversely, around that time was when people started, quote-unquote, identifying with this movie on a spiritual level. Mm. And I developed, I guess, an ire for this film to Mm -hmm. where, and we we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, where um, it's either one or the other for you. It's either this movie is the greatest, most random, silly, totally awkward, amazing thing you've ever seen, um, or it's absolute poison. And for a while, I was in the the poison camp. Uh, but I have shifted my views. Um, I'm not quite as a fanatic as uh, some people might be. One being my sister, who thinks that this is the most amazing thing since uh, Joey on Friends. But um, yeah, that that's I guess my personal is experience. Is that the new thing that people say instead of sliced bread? Joey on Friends. Yes, that's the that's my new thing. Okay. Um, yeah, so my personal experience with this, I did see this movie in theaters when it came out in 2003. Did you? I believe it was for a friend's birthday party. Uh, we went and saw the movie Elf, and I didn't, uh, I liked it. I remember liking it, (laughs) and and I've watched it every year since because it is on every channel at Christmas time. That's true. So, um, I don't. I think I've always loved this movie. I was never one of the people who are like, no, it's bad, actually. Um, but, um, yeah, I like it. And, uh, I, I mean, I was just thinking about how, because I said similar things for Home Alone 2. Um, Christmas movies are the unique kind of movie that you feel like you have to watch every year at a certain time yeah. of year. So it's like you watch these movies a lot. <laughs> so I've seen yeah, the movie Elf. Yeah, it's like a pilgrimage I've seen the movie year. Elf so many times, and I, I do like this movie a lot, um, but I don't sure. think it has warranted the number of times that I've seen it. I think I, if it wasn't a Christmas movie, I certainly would not watch this movie as often as I have. So, Right, right. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I not to, um, I guess, first impressions, we can, we can kind of jump into sure. that. Um, I think that the reason that, people I guess get annoyed with this movie is because it is very silly and probably because people do sensationalize it frequently. We've got a bunch of Walter Hobbs walking around. We do have a bunch of Walter Hobbs walking around. Um but I I went into this movie, you know, thinking or I, I guess on this rewatching cuz I haven't watched it in full in a few years probably. Um I went into it thinking like, okay, it's a Christmas movie. It's Will Ferrell, it's a little silly. I'll get some enjoyment out of it. But I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, to the point where I loved it, actually, on this rewatch. Um, I, I don't think that it's perfect by any means. Um, I do think that it is incredibly tongue-in-cheek in, in the way... It's not supposed to be viewed as like a serious movie at all and i think that the people that are annoyed with this are probably viewing it with the wrong mindset is uh, is my thought what do you mean by that because i feel like everyone realizes this is a comedy movie <laughs> no but i mean like a lot of people i was reading reviews spoiler alert for hot takes for later um i was reading some reviews and people were like this is dumb this is silly and it's like 
yes, that that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be dumb and silly. Um, and so my my thought is just that the people that are on the the side of thinking that this movie is uh, doo doo poison um, are just kind of viewing it um, like a Scrooge, I guess. Yeah, I mean they would probably have more to say other than it's just dumb and silly, but um, sure. Yeah, I think it's dumb and silly in a good way because yeah, uh, Will Ferrell is giving a wonderful performance. I mean, he, I agree. This is a movie that revolves around Will Ferrell's performance, and it is a perfect performance. I'll just go ahead and say that now. Yes, um, I absolutely agree that it is. Um, it, it there there it couldn't be done by anybody else. Um, yeah, or it would be very different. Yeah, um, very true. Yes, I uh I also very much enjoyed this upon rewatching it. Um I think yeah, I I think it has gone down in my view just because I've seen it so many times, but I did still find sure. myself chuckling at at several things and I think it's a good Christmas movie. I think um similar to what I said about Big Fat Liar, <laughs> this is <laughs> a wonderful movie for the first two thirds and then the last like 20 to 30 minutes of the movie I think are kind of bad but it doesn't bother me that much I I did I liked the uh getting Santa sleigh off a lot I don't know I something about that like touched me a little bit well um, and, you know we'll, we'll get we'll get to that later but um I guess to talk about ratings um I gave it an 8 out of 10 yeah I gave it a 7 so sure sure a little bit less um, than you yeah but that, when... that's okay we're we're fairly similar. We're not so different, you and I. We are not so different, um, you and I. It, it, one thing that I couldn't help but think while I was watching this, you know, we, we have our classic Christmas staples that will be viewed forever and ever. Amen. Yes, you know, and you're, I, you're, you're, I've got mine in a glass case, that I, and I, yo, I don't do ever you? use any, I don't ever staple any papers anymore with them, my red and green staples. Mm-hmm. Was that Shut a up. good? Was that a good joke that I did? <laughs> that was good. Okay. Um, but we have like our home alones. We have our, I was going to say nightmare on Elm street. Uh, We have our home alones. We have our miracles on 34th street. We have our Christmas stories. And when I think that in that pantheon, we also have elf, which is, uh, pretty cool to me that we got to, we got to be around to experience, um, a making of a Christmas, a Christmas classic, I think. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think now because this is this movie is definitely a Christmas classic, and it's like, yeah. is there is there another Christmas movie that came after this that would fall into the category of Christmas classic? Maybe I think that Christmas Chronicles can try it really hard, <laughs> but. Uh yes, oh we should talk about that on this show. Or one of the I think Santa Claus Three came out after this. Um, but yes. that is not a Christmas classic. It, it is not, and it's also uh, based on previous material. Fred sequel, Claus. So. Fred Claus. <laughs> Christmas uh, with the Cranks. Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah, you're right. It's Christmas with the Cranks. Um, but yeah, this this movie is definitely one of the Christmas classics. Um, I don't think that's I don't think that's controversial to say. No, nah, not not at all. Um. So, can you give us a 10,000-foot view of this film? I think it's pretty easy I'm, how we're going to get up there this time to the sky. Are we taking Santa's jet-powered sleigh? Oh, I was thinking we'd get that big narwhal to um, throw, oh. throw us up there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's the, <laughs> that's the logical choice. That that was right in front of me the whole time. Yeah. And dumb old me took the hard route. Yeah, you screwed uh, up. W- yeah, the answer was staring me right in the face with a narwhal. Um, sure. So throw us up there, Mr. Narwhal. Bye, um, buddy. Hope you find your dad. I do get annoyed when people say that just in any situation. Yeah, people it's like, love, hey, I, anytime hey, you to... say bye, they're just like, yeah, I hope you find your dad. Okay, funny. Yeah, you remembered a thing from a movie. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm going to Taco Bell. All right, bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. Like, all right. Yeah, that's comedy. But, um, comedy gold at its best. Uh, so the story of Elf is that there's a little boy. His name isn't Buddy. Um, we don't know his real name, but he just goes by Buddy. That's he was an true. Orphan. We don't know his real name. That's kind of sad. Yeah, we just assume that his name is Buddy. 
uh Todd <laughs> Todd Claus. But um he uh he's a orphan baby and he crawls into Santa's bag and then Santa takes him back to the North Pole cuz I guess New York was his last stop. And uh, then the elves end up raising You're him. You're right. What if it wasn't his last stop? He would have given someone a baby thinking it was one of the <laughs> gifts. Oh. Like, well, they prayed for a baby this year, so here you go. <laughs> uh, you get a white baby. But um, <laughs> the, elves, the elves raise him as their own, and he grows up being comically large because Will Ferrell is like 6'4". Um, and he's, he thinks that he's an elf, then he finds out later that he's a human, so he travels to New York to find his real father, who is Mr. Business Capitalism. Oh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> and the uh, story is just him trying to connect with his father and his human heritage, and once you know, he finds love along the way, and Buddy also saves Santa and Christmas for the rest of the world. Um, and then he has a baby with Zoe de Chanel. The end. The way you said the part about him saving Christmas and Santa makes it sound like it's incredibly tacked on at the end. And I think that's because it is incredibly tacked on <laughs> at the end. It, it doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of the movie. That's kind of my well, issue with the last bit. Well, but. they check off's gun us at the beginning where it's like, hey, yeah. buddy, this is uh, this is the odometer that shows how much christmas cheer there is out there anyway moving on and then they like bring it back at the very end i guess it kind of works as part of buddy's character arc or whatever because he's like he's he's spreading christmas cheer to the city of new york and he helps teach his girlfriend how to not hate christmas anymore and Uh, his daddy and his daddy yeah man really his brother and his brother. Well, his, his brother. <laughs> it happens real quick because all that has to happen is he throws snowballs real fast, and then his brother <laughs> suddenly true. goes from despising him to loving him more than anyone in the world. Yeah, that's very true. Um, the dad, James Con. Uh, that's how you say his last name, right? Con. C A A N, I believe. Sure. He also has a very quick turn. Where he's like, he literally screams at Buddy and tells him to get out of his life. And then his son comes in and is like, Buddy's run away. And then he's like, oh, shoot, okay, guess I'm jeopardizing my family's living now. Yeah, um, I, yeah, well, I don't really mind that too much just because, I mean, it is this type of movie. I don't, I'm not looking necessarily for a character to have a slow transition Mm -hmm. from one, you know, viewpoint to another but i really like his performance because i feel like that is the one time in the movie where he just explodes and yells and the rest of the movie he's just like this like grumpy but like he doesn't really have the energy to really get too mad about anything it's just this very like (laughs) muted anger (laughs) like i just like his anger was very believable though yes like through the movie i really like the moments when he gets frustrated with buddy but he just like very quietly says like don't don't touch that. Like, I just yeah. think he's really good at that. It's just like I don't have the time to get yes. mad at you at the moment. Um, um, yeah. I did text you and tell you that, um, surprise, I teared up a little bit in this one. Oh, did you now? I, I did. And yeah, I think it's because part? I have a hormonal imbalance. Oh. Um, I have low testosterone. But... um. No, it was uh, it was a to weird a lot moment. of men at age twenty five. <laughs> <It, laughs> but uh, it was uh, the moment where like the sleigh took off and then it like flew over the crowd and he like looked out the back of the sleigh and like everyone was like, "You did it! <laughs> You're you <know>? dumb! <laughs> Shut a, up! That's a dumb moment to cry at." It was not dumb. It was sweet. No, I mean uh, you're not dumb, but that is very funny. Um, oh, how? Hold on, you're you're being the cynic at this moment. Hold okay. on a minute, but it's good. Oh, uh, sure, yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think that's a bad moment. Um, I don't. I've never cried at the movie Elf, but there, mm-hmm. I, the one moment that does like kind of get me every time I watch it is when Walter yells at Buddy, and the way Will Ferrell just runs out without saying anything, like the look on his face. Like I think he actually is like. 
displaying some real acting ability at that moment. Oh, it's not just 100%. like like he's he really nails that. Uh, Will Ferrell yeah, is a good it, actor. It is kind of strange how like at this at the this point in time he was probably in his mid forties when he when this movie The Elf was made. Um, yeah, he would have had to have been in his mid mid to late forties. Um, and so uh, it it is kind of a feat of acting for him to be that old and that large and be like kind of believable as cute and innocent, you know? Yeah. Um, um he I, I was, do want to oh go ahead. He was thirty three he was thirty six in this movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, well. But <laughs> my I math's mean, wrong. Still, like he seems to be playing younger than that, for sure. Correct. Um, I do want to point out and not skip over, and if you feel like we should name his name. We can. Uh, you can interject it. Oh boy! But a former uh, math teacher of ours, um, Mr. Looks Steen. A lot like... <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, go ahead, Mr. Steen, who is the uh, kindest human being in the entire world. Uh, literally the nicest man in the world. Um, I heard him raise his voice once, and then he apologized. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, do you remember at the beginning of the movie when they're like, you have a Christmas gram here? Yes. And everyone treats it like, you know, it's a joke. Mr. Steen, who looks a lot like Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. uh, does that. He dresses like Buddy the Elf and then goes to, like, businesses as a Christmas gram. I love that uh, so much. And is like, my dad, you're my dad. And then, like, pretends like he's Buddy and takes pictures with people at the office. Like, he does that. Oh, Mr. Steen, I miss that man. He, he looks kind man. He's a guy who looks kind of like Will Ferrell and also acts exactly like Buddy the Elf. Like he's outside he's, of Christmas, he, he acts is, a lot like Buddy. If Buddy the Elf uh, learned how to be a mature human adult, but still had all of the Christmas cheer inside him, that is Mr. Steen. What Correct. A, what a wonderful man. It's funny because he was also a football coach. <laughs> he was. I never really thought about how weird that is, but yeah. Yeah, very kind man. Um, It really kind of made me happy because when my brother graduated from high school, you know, I had been separated from my high school for like over five years at that point. Mm. And then in a crowd, Mr. Steen like grabbed my shoulder and like turned me around. He's like, Clint, how are you? And I was like, huh, you remember me. So he was a very, very sweet man. Um, Maybe he was a Christmas elf. He probably is. Anyway, we can have our Mr. Steen fan cast uh, later. <laughs> but uh, back to Buddy the Elf. Um, Buddy Elf is good. I like when he's in the elevator and he pushes all the buttons. Um, that man that's with him yeah. does not get like irritated <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah, that's actually what I was about to say. It's <laughs> similar to the moment in Home Alone 2 where he... Um, where he is ask ask them if he can practice his cannonballs, yep. and they're all like, "It's fine." They're like, I feel like that guy reacts in a realistic way. Like you could tell that he's that he's annoyed, but like he he, he plays it realistically, and I feel like it's very he, funny. Yeah. He gives him that little polite smile. I love it so. Yeah. much. Yeah, it like in honestly any that other... guy should have gotten an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> in any other like poorly made movie. Um, he would have like flipped out on him and stormed out of the elevator. Yeah, or at least like scowled. Yeah, but he doesn't. But this guy was just like Monday, huh? And, and then just like rode his way all the way. Because I don't know if you noticed, he chose like the top floor, or, like oh, yeah. one of the top floors. And then when it cuts back to him, like half of the the buttons. Yeah, only have, like he's only gone up, up like halfway. So they have stopped at every floor. How long yeah. would that take? It's a long I'll, time. I've been I've been up the Empire State Building. Oh and, well, Mister Oh Mister Corporate yeah. Corporate Capitalism yeah. over here. It's very true, um, but it, and it takes a long time, so it's well over a hundred floors. I feel like in general, this movie actually <laughs> is pretty similar to Home Alone Two in a lot of ways. Explain. Uh, Christmas in New York, character Kay. doing things in New York that doing very New York sometimes. Things. I guess that's about it. Yeah. I do like how it, it, I did laugh whenever he went into the coffee shop and he's like, you did it, guys. World's best cup of coffee. Uh, there's, uh, wait, yeah, wait. That's very funny. It's um, a very funny joke. 
a lot of very funny jokes in this movie. Like the like we could just sit here. I I started to write down every time I laughed, and then I just kind of uh-huh. stopped because like it would be easy to just go through our laugh moments because they're copious. Mm-hmm. And the it's very impressive that these moments still made me laugh after seeing this yeah. movie so many times. But I think it's just that Will Ferrell is that good, and his performance is still fresh to me every time because he's so good. Um, I do want to dive into psychology a little bit with this if you have a moment as we Um, do often on our show correct um so uh, we mentioned it earlier that people are usually pretty split on their their views of this movie they're either loving it uh mick loving it or they're mick hating it and i feel like more people love it than hate it it's not like half and half but i just feel like the people who don't like this movie are very vocal about it and it really annoys me right why why do you think that Let's start with the easy one, then. Why do people, quote-unquote, identify with this on a spiritual level? Because it's a funny, fun movie. Do you think that... I think that it has it has a lot of quotable moments. And yeah. I think that we, you and I kind of live in a generation of quotes. Yeah, uh, it's where it's, it's the meme it's, generation. It's the, exactly. Where it's easy to, like, isolate something and then make... Uh, branches of com- comedic moments out of that one moment. You know, that's what memes are. I mean, a lot of people, um, their, their whole sense of humor is quoting funny things from movies or The Office. And, and those like, people are exhausting. <laughs> it really bums me out when I see someone uh, have a really funny Twitter bio and then I figure out that it's just a quote from The Office. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, come on. I'm like, oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a funny bio. This must be a funny person. Wait, they're only retweeting Office memes. Oh, this is a quote from Michael Scott. This person did not come up with this joke. <laughs> I can remember, like, specifically, I remember when it triggered me or tr- was triggered in me that I was annoyed with people that quoted things constantly. I remember in ninth grade, whenever somebody, when that, um, what is the name of that song? Chandler? What's the name of that? Uh, Rihanna Eminem song or Love the Love the Way You Lie. That's the name of it. Uh, Love the Way You Lie. When that came out, there's a, a line Just in that song that... Watch me oh, wait. Die. I'm thinking of a different song. Never mind. It's... Uh, okay. The, the line is, can we pretend that airplanes in the night oh. skies are like shooting stars? Cause that's I not Rihanna. That's a wish the right now. Paramore. You're right. Isn't it? it you're, you're right. It is not Rihanna. I was getting mixed up. But I remember seeing somebody post that on like Facebook and they didn't use quotes. And I was like, man, this is a like emotionally deep person. That mm. that's that man, that that phrase that this individual just typed out has layers <laughs> <laughs> and then I heard it on the radio, and then, like, Scrooge McDuck, I threw away all my all my childish things, and I was grumpy from that point all out. All your CDs, I was, and you swore yeah, I was off bam- music. Because I was bamboozled into thinking that this person had great emotional depth. Um, um, I and think from that, that exact, point on, I've been annoyed. I think that exact thing happened to me with that exact quote from that same song. Really? <laughs> I remember seeing someone post that on Facebook and being like, mm, dang, <laughs> what What if airplanes were shooting stars? It's like, man, that has a lot of meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Wow. What was the name of our like school poetry thing? Oh, none such. Yeah, they should have submitted that oh, to Oh, man, that should have been a none such. <laughs> oh, man. That's <laughs> none such was that a was school so silly. poetry publication that we uh had at our school and i submitted a short story called hot chocolate <laughs> squirrel about a squirrel who drinks hot chocolate the the thing about none such was that it came with buckets and buckets of pretense <laughs> yes i, I think it's funny because like the whole pamphlet was like 20 pages long but it had like maybe three or four contributors Yes, oh man, and like oh, I I remember submitting a few things to it, and I have, uh, I I've revisited some of the things I submitted to that, <laughs> and they are just horrid. Like I'm so ashamed of the things that I wrote for that because it wasn't can, me can, writing from my heart; it was me writing like this is what the cool poetry kids want to hear. <laughs> so, so this was uh, this was what you imagined that a poet would say. Yes, this is my impression of a poet. You need to share those with what if me. Squirrels drink hot chocolate. 
That's um, good. I remember that store being actually kind of good, and I was kind of proud of it, but submitted some poems, too, that were <laughs> just not good. Because I'm not a poetry boy. Like, I don't know how to write a poem. People uh, that are poetry. Let's never talk about none such again. The moment in Elf with Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Okay, so this, that moment um, is where the movie started going downhill for me. <laughs> yeah, the rest that, of the that movie is probably I just don't it, love. Um, that's probably its deepest valley for me. Yeah, uh, and it's just, I just don't enjoy that scene because, uh, for one, I mean, not not to mention the fact that it just doesn't age well, but like you couldn't right. put that in a movie in 2019. But also, um, it's just so cringy, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. cringy oh humor that makes me uncomfortable. So awkward. Uh, but I mean, for real, like, I just don't like watching that because I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to see this. Yeah. Um, there, uh, you know, you kind of talked about the Santa thing being shoehorned at the end, which it entirely was, but I feel like it had to be because the most enjoyable parts about the movie were Buddy just kind of figuring out what a normal human does and how like silly and awkward that was. Mm-hmm. And, and you and could, random. And, and, and random. Yeah. Um, it's also and random. you could do that for, you know, an hour and a half, but it would have little to no narrative to it. Um, and so this was just, I guess, their way of bookending the narrative. Um, I guess. And so. I guess that's the most logical way of doing it. Um, Ed Ad- Ed Asner as Santa Claus is pretty good Santa. Uh, you think so? I didn't know how I felt I do. about him. He's a little bit I of a grumpy of like, Santa. Yeah, I kind of like grumpy Santa. Because <laughs> hmm. you have to think that he's grumpy. I mean, I yeah, think his he whole thing is that he's not. Year. I I mean, like, in reality, like, maybe early on when he, whenever he put on the new, the jacket, but, you know, he's been doing this for a while as the new Santa. He's gone through a lot. Jack Frost has become Santa, mm, yeah. and now he's not anymore. So you have to think that he's grumpy at this point. I don't know. I If I want to see Grumpy Santa, I'm just going to watch the first Santa Claus movie, or I'm going to watch Fred Claus in which Paul Giamatti is Santa Claus. Yeah, well, he's grumpy because there's no more Christmas cheer, you know? I guess so, but that is counterintuitive. Mr. Santa, you are (laughs) not going to make more Christmas cheer by being a meanie. He's not a meanie. He's just, like, not really all that jovial, I guess. Is Uh, he a human? (laughs) Santa? Yeah. Yeah, he's a magic human. So he's not a human. He's, He's a mystical being. Yeah, I mean, he's lived for hundreds of years. That's the thing about like we'll at some point we'll get to the Santa Claus. Yeah, but we'll do that. it's probably next year, the, right? Next, yeah, probably so. Yeah, let's 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 call our shot now that we'll still be doing this by next year, and we will do Santa Claus. Yes. Um, but at that point, he's like treated as a mystical being who like controls the nine realms or whatever, along with other people. <laughs> and that lore to me is very interesting. Yeah, where he has like meetings with the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they made that movie. What was it? Legend of the Guardians. <laughs> yes, like correct, s- indeed. Kind of the same idea, but it's like a serious animated epic. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't yep. actually see it, but it's like Santa and the Easter Bunny has like a bow and arrow. <laughs> he shoots people. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, uh, what an insane! Santa's idea got like a, a double barrel shotgun or whatever. <laughs> uh. What a silly premise. What a silly premise. Um, pretty random. But I can. I think that we can agree, and I'm trying to get out of saying that as much, but I do think that we can agree that uh, the best parts of this movie are when Buddy is just trying to figure out what being a human is like. That montage of when he's actually at the city, you know, picking the gum off the railing or mm-hmm. doing hopscotch across the crosswalk. It's very funny. Yeah, I mean, I I do agree. We can agree. And I think that's what I meant by this is a similar movie to Home Alone 2. I just like movies where people do hijinks in New York. Yeah, that's just, true. Ex- like, oh, man. Just him going concrete, around New York and being concrete silly. Jungle, concrete jungle where hijinks are made of. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I yeah, this is a good movie. I would say oh, it's a pretty good. Movie. I do, I do want to talk about just for a second the score for this movie. Oh yeah, it's really good. 
it sounds very Home Alone esque. In, in the like, da na da na da na na na. You can yeah throw it in there. Uh, but yeah, no. The like swelling. <laughs> sc- the, no, the it's swelling score. I guess it's actually it's very, very similar to the the melody is very similar to the Polar Express theme. Which, That's what it, it is. Starts with yes. Da, na, na, na. Na, 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 na. And then the elf one is. Da, na, na, na. <laughs> this is da, unlistenable. Na, 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 na. <laughs> That's staying in. <laughs> um, Polar Express did come out a year later, so Elf did it first, my dude. Yep, it did, and it's a very good score. That guy was. Uh, I wrote it down. What's his name? Something Deb Debney, John Debney. He hmm. he worked on Greatest Showman. Um, oh, interesting. And uh, he worked on a lot of Favreau stuff, so like Iron Man Two, the new Jungle Book. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the name of Iron Man Two. <laughs> Iron Man Two, Iron Man 2 colon, colon the new the Jungle, Jungle Book. Book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I do. I found it funny that. I, in every John Favreau movie, he finds a way to shoehorn himself in it. He's yeah. the he is Quentin Tarantino. In this one, he is uh, a mean doctor. Is he mean? He's kind of mean. When Buddy like won't kind of sit still, he's like annoyed. really rude to him. He's like, he's yeah. like will well, you keep this guy still? He's a grown man. Yeah, so but I like, probably would be too. You're a doctor. Like, be nice to your patient, my dude. Yeah. Well, at the end when he's like, yeah, he's your son, uh, and he's mentally disabled, essentially. Yeah, it's really weird because he's like, um, I-, I feel like the advice he gives them is like, I would want a second opinion on that. <laughs> Yeah, where he's like, he's reverted to Take this man home, introduce him to your family, it'll solve all the problems. I was like, what kind of doctor is this Inculcate him into society. He's a pediatrician, and he's giving, like, psychological advice. Yeah. He he gives, like, a fairly in-depth psychological theory where he's, like, he's reverting back to a state of childhood innocence or something. Well, it sounds smart, but you listen to what he's actually saying, and it's not smart. Because he just (laughs) says he's reverting back to a state of childlike dependence. And it's like, yeah, that's... So, <laughs> what is it's that? Like, I can. It's observe like okay, that. you've given you've given me the diagnosis. What's the prognosis here? Uh, uh, yeah, it's but, like saying his his clavicle has frayed in many different directions, causing uh, intense pain. Uh, what What are you saying? Oh, he broke a bone. Uh, okay. Um, you know the scene where he rips off Santa's beard and then starts running around and uh makes chaos in the gimbals mm-hmm. um, i do that scene to me this time around reminded me very much of like the end of an arrested <laughs> development episode <laughs> because okay the music that's playing is like that like fast like kind of like almost new orleansy jazz it's like yeah it's like sure. just like this and then the ki- the way the kids scream but they don't stop screaming they just go ah <laughs> it's just like a constant screaming. Yeah, that did feel like uh, very sitcom-y to me. Yes, but specifically Arrested Development because of the music. Because Arrested Development is like always like six different crazy plot lines that all come together at the yeah, end and true. they ruin some event or something. And it's yeah. playing that type of music. Um, um, I did. I, I I did like the store manager. He was really funny. Um, yes, he was good. What was I gonna say? I can't. I had a I had a point. I to bet say. it was really good. I got a it bunch was. of homework and I'm way behind on a bunch of stuff. Good Very line funny. Yeah. Good one. Good, Good impression of Walter Hobbs, Michael. Would you eat that sketty? Um yes. I would too. I always every time I watch this I go, I kinda do want to put maple syrup on sketty. Yeah, I kinda or he like makes a, a mukbang, you know? He like uh gets all that sketty, he puts all that candy on it. Um and all that syrup and he just kind of mooshes it together with his hands and sticks it in his mouth and I kind of want to eat that, you know. I think you? it'd be really good without the tomato sauce. I agree. I mean, especially with the pop tart think... crumbled up on top. Yeah, yeah. The pop tart adds some texture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That would um, be really good. Other moments in this movie that stood out to me. When Michael takes him to the store to uh, get him to ask Zoe Deschanel out, and mm-hmm. he she says, "I'm free on Thursday," and then he goes Thursday and leaves. 
And it's like that thing that happens in movies all the time where people make plans, but they don't really make plans. I'm like, wait. Nothing specific. <laughs> what time Thursday? They don't even know what which meal. Is it dinner Chan- time? Chandler made the same observation in a very Seinfeld way. She's like, Thursday? What? When? Where? That's so silly. I was like, yeah, honey. <laughs> Uh yeah, I wish real life was like movies. I wish you didn't have to make plans. I also kind of want to make a movie someday where people actually do like realistically <laughs> make plans. Like they have to go back and forth a few times. Like, oh, that won't work for me. Like, and then they're like, I, That's I don't. Good. That's like, good. I don't like Mexican food, and the movie just halts yeah. for like four minutes. I, while they I think I think that movie is the sitcom Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> I think you are right, actually. Um, do you think that? Zoe Deschanel and Will Ferrell's characters are good together, or are they destructive? <laughs> uh, I think that is a good question, and I don't think that there is any reason to believe that these two would make a good couple. <laughs> Correct. Because she, like, there is no way for her to assume that this man is anything but mentally unstable mm-hmm. for the majority of this movie, and then she's like, I think I want to have a baby with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't understand why she agrees to go on a date with him in the first place. Yeah, it's... unless like it, unless it's like the thing in Anchorman 2 where it's Will or not Will Ferrell, um Steve Carell and Kristen Wiig's character where they're both like as equally weird so right. they have to have each other. Yeah. But she like has some I guess grounding of realism that it is kind of weird that she would go out and then kiss and marry this man. Like I'm willing to buy into the fiction enough to say like once she went on a date with him that she would like be charmed by him because he is a nice and sweet man. But mm-hmm. I it is weird to me that she ever agrees to go on a date with him. Yeah. Cuz yeah. he hasn't done anything except stalk her and stare at her in the shower. Yeah, stare at her in the shower. Um and then destroy her store. He does not have a job. No. Um he is weird, you know, like maybe it's a pity thing. I don't know. I guess so. Um, and she also, either way, she's also just kind of like a mean person. Like, <laughs> I don't like, I loved Zoe Deschanel and if she wanted to go on a date with me, I would go on a date with her, but I don't think I'd go on a date with this character. Not with this version. <laughs> she's no. just a meanie. Um, yeah. She's, she's very rude. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Classic New Yorker. She's got a lot of homework. Yeah. She's way that's behind my new, on a bunch of stuff. There's, that's my new way of easing into a New York accent. You know how people will ease into like a Boston accent? Mm-hmm. Saying like, Poxicon, Havid Yad, yeah, or something. <laughs> Chowda. And then they're able to kick it in. That's how I am easing into a New York accent. I've got a lot of homework. Behind on a lot of stuff. Way behind on a bunch of stuff. All right, I got it now. That's easy. Poxicon, Havid Yad. Um, anything else we need to say about this movie? It's just a charming movie. It's a charming that's, movie. That's the only way. If you view it, you know, it is it is the same way as most movies that I've watched in the past. This one needs to be enjoyed with other people. Um, that's I don't just know. I watched it, it alone and had a great time. Yeah, but you also gave it seven stars and I gave it eight. That's fair. Um, I think so. I would have maybe hated watching it with other people though, because I can't stand when people quote movies as the movie is happening, and I feel like people would do that a lot with this movie. Oh, okay, fair. You have to watch it with a certain type of person. My wife is not a movie quoter, mm-hmm. and I watched it with her, and we we got a we got a big kick out of it. And I am okay with people like making little comments during movies, as long if we've sure. seen the movie before, like let's do some commentary on this movie. I think that is that should be necessary for comedy movies if you're rewatching sure. it. But do not quote things as they happen in the movie or I will tear your head off. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the hardest, which is weird, the hardest I laughed at this was when he was saying goodbye to the little puppet animals and just their little voices were so cute to me. And then when the little sea lot or the little... uh. What is it, little walrus was like crying. He's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. and the puffin's like, they're there next to him. That was, I don't know, it was so cute. It made me laugh really hard at it. Um, for some reason, this is what got me this time. My maybe my biggest laugh was uh, when he makes the spaghetti in the morning, and the dad goes, uh, <laughs> "I'm just gonna stick with coffee." And Will, Will, Will's, Will Ferrell's reaction 
where he just goes like, <laughs> well, I can't he, say it verbally. <laughs> he makes a face like smart. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. like smart move. <laughs> I love that. Or he makes a face like, yes, I understand yeah, coffee. I got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, Dad, you and I are on the same page here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you don't like this movie, lighten up is what I. That's my thesis statement for this episode. Lighten up. <laughs> Get over yourself. And, it, and in conclusion, for the movie Elf, lighten up. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I smell something burning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, get it out. Uh, it, I got it out. It's hot cookies. No, it's not just hot cookies. It's hot takes. Was that a good transition? So, no, but <laughs> it's the one we're going with. I think I screwed it up when I said hot cookies. Yeah, you did. We had some sort of flow, but, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, So we're revisiting our segment that I feel like we haven't done in a while, Hot Takes from Online. Yeah, and it I has feel been like a it while. Is, I feel like it's very apropos for a movie that does divide people in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's not 50-50. It's probably like 80-20. It's the yeah, last Jedi the of Christmas movies. Sure, um, I guess. Yeah, right now it's becoming really popular for people to be like, "No, Last Jedi is perfect." Uh, um, it is. Perfect. I'm seeing that more. I'm seeing that more now than I I'm, did when it came out. I'm glad that you're seeing that more now because what I am seeing more now is Ryan Johnson should burn in hell for de- ruining Star Wars, and it's really? making me so angry. But that no, movie seems to be all. split fifty fifty, and it's crazy to me. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Mm. Um. But yeah, so hot takes is when I go on to the IMDb and I try and find uh, what other people think of this movie because you hear us talk about our views. Uh, It's time for you to hear about what other people think. Hear the masses a little bit. So uh, I've got three of them here for you. Um, The first one uh, has a cuss in it. So if you're uh, offended by cusses, get ready. Um, I'm going to read the review and then I'm going to give the rating because it is shocking. Um, so it says, haters, what the cinnamon toast are you on? And then the review, this is by Josh BS. Um, and it says, Elf on Crack, played by Will Ferrell singing in an open mall. Need I say more? And they gave it a 10 out of 10. (laughs) So, uh, the next review, um, comes from Box Office. So, the Box Office. This, I feel like this one holds a lot of weight. It does. Box office gives it a 6 out of 10. Um, and it says, gets the job done. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's a living. It does it. Gets the job done. It's a movie. Made, made some money. Um, and then the final one, this is a little bit of a doozy. This is one that kind of falls on the other end of people thinking that it's poison. Uh, this comes from everything is the purest madness. Everything okay. is the purest. Everything is the purest madness. Gives it a one out of ten, and they say the worst of the worst. And here's the review: This movie deserves to be burned with everything else that Will Ferrell touches. He should have remained inside of the television set. Nothing, no one could have saved this horrible, horrible film. How embarrassing! And poor James Caan looks like he's trapped in hell. What? I wanted to uh, I wanted to free him from this perversion of the human imagination. What? <laughs> those who enjoy this those who enjoy this G-rated pornography might also enjoy evil alien conjurings in addition to the entire Rob Schneider collection. Although those cinematic mistakes are superior to the elf. Whoa. A note a note <laughs> That was a, a note, ride. <laughs> I'm not done. I a know. note to the a note to the writer of this failure, you must build some kind of structure using craft to establish, here, here's a big word, ver, verisim, verisimilitude, to est- use, using craft to establish verisimilitude before you smash it all to bits. One or half a star out of four human waste. Wow. So what th- was the this name of person- that person? Everything is the purest madness. This person sounds insane. Yeah, especially because they gave it a 1 out of 10, and then they ended it saying that they gave it half a star out of 4. Which it would be a 1 out of 8? I don't know. Yeah, it would be a 1 out of 8. So they gave it a 2 out of 10, really. Um, I guess it it rounds down to a 1 out of 10. They did good math. 
Yeah, but that's a weird ranking. Yeah. Well, that was hot takes from online. Yay. Um, thanks, Clint. That was quite the journey. No, thank you, everything is the purest madness, <laughs> for probably being the id of everybody that hates this movie. Probably. Um. So now we got to put this movie through our gauntlet um, where we ask sure. four questions about this movie. Sure. Is this movie good for kids? Is it good for adults? Is it? Uh, does it stand the test of time? And is it as good as Arrival? Mm-hmm. Um, is this movie good for kids, Clinton? It's absolutely good for the kids. Yes, it is good for kids. It is a kids good for kids, in my this. opinion. Um, is it, it is good, good for adults? For kids. Uh, yeah, I think it's good for adults. Yes, it is. It's good for adults that know how to get a laugh and how to get over themselves. Um, does it stand the test of time? Yep, it does. Yeah, it does, because I still laugh at it, even after seeing it, like, 20 times. If anything, it got better for me. It aged like a fine wine, mm. or like a cheese. Like a cheese. I think I, my <laughs> problem is that it started, I started too early. I started in third grade when it first came out. You I think it has, and it has re- passed the point where it, do- it it doesn't get better each time for me now, but there, mm. it definitely was for a while getting better each time. Um, mm. still good for adults. Uh, is it as good as Arrival? Man, that's cinematically. I'm gonna say no, but I'm actually gonna say yes because I think that I could probably get more enjoyment out of watching this than Arrival. Um, I'm saying definitely no, not as good as Arrival. Okay, fair enough. Um, the question is. <laughs> Do we do we keep asking this question about the movie Arrival for the year 2020, or do we say this was a 2019 thing? This is definitely a 2019 bit. Okay, so this is the last movie that we will compare to the movie Arrival. Yeah. Um, do you are are you on board with that? Yeah, I'm I'm totally on board with that. I just wanted to I I wanted to keep doing that long enough for people to be like, oh yeah, they really are gonna keep doing this forever. But then after that point, I wanted to stop. So. I agree. This it's like there is I do not view this podcast as a chore in any way, shape, or form. But when you ask me if a movie is as good as Arrival, <laughs> I do kind of groan a little bit that I yeah. have to answer that question. Yeah, that was my goal was to get to that point and then stop. So uh, okay, we're good. done. We're we, not carrying that into twenty twenty. <laughs> we are no we have, longer comparing movies to Arrival. That's our New Year's resolution. Uh. That's my only, yeah, that's our only New Year's resolution for the show, is we will no longer mm. compare movies to Arrival. Um, Thank goodness. But regardless, this gets a, a 7 out of 8 on the current scale, so it goes up to our Raptors, right? Yep, we feed it up to our Raptors. Enjoy How about it, you, clever girls? Enjoy it, ladies. It'll It's a Christmas snack. <laughs> the way, I, I I've never heard you refer to our Raptors as ladies, and I love that. <laughs> I've had uh, it, girls. Well, you did it. They've grown up. They're not just clever girls anymore. That's um, true. They're they are intellectual ladies. So, um, this is the last episode of 2019. Um, the the last real episode, at least. Uh, n- no, it's the last episode of 2019. <laughs> Doesn't okay, well. our next one come out in 2020? Oh yeah, it does. Literally the first day of 2020. Yeah. So. Um, our next episode comes out on New Year's Day, and yep. in honor of a new year, we are going to start a new Purely Nostalgia tradition. Um, our next episode will not be covering any certain movie, but it will be a look back at um, the films we have covered in 2019 on our podcast, and it is the first inaugural um the uh, the first inaugural <laughs> the nostalgies yeah, yes it's the nostalgies this is what we're calling it we're going to um, nominate some movies for certain categories um, and give out some awards to um, the films that we have observed this year on our show so that's going to be very exciting within the plan is for this to be an annual tradition um and i think it's going to be very fun i'm very excited about this episode i've already actually made most of my picks um yep me too it will be a little bit shorter than our normal episodes but um it's gonna be fun yeah it's kind of a it's a romantic look back on everything that we have viewed and covered Mm -hmm. uh, along the way um and 
then after that, two weeks after that, we'll be back to covering movies again, and we will announce on our next next episode what the next movie will be. But uh, just looking ahead to what we have planned for our next thing we're doing in 2020, I am very excited about it. It it's a deviation back to I guess what we had originally planned for this podcast to be. Yeah, it's um it's probably the weirdest thing we've done so far. Yeah, I would say a good comparison would be. The Rockadoodle episode? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my thought. We're kind of and going back to that sort of territory. Yeah, the reason that I say Rockadoodle is because I haven't seen this content that you're proposing. Yeah, I've seen one of them. One of them neither we neither of us have seen. Okay, it's, I'm Which giving is up, exciting. I'm giving up too much information, but yes, it yeah, is, they'll, it they'll is a two-movie series, and we'll. Fee- I don't think they're going to guess based on that information, but <laughs> it's possible, I guess. Um, So we will announce that on the next episode on the Nostalgies episode, which is coming out again on New Year's Day. So that will be a great way to start your new year. To ring in the new year. January 1st, 2020. Hard to believe. Crazy. Insane. Um, Yep. So you should follow us on social media. Um, We are at Purely Nostalgia. On it's on Twitter and on Instagram, we are at Purely Nostalgia Pod. I have a personal Twitter account. It is Elisha P. Smith, and it's the same for Letterboxd. And uh, yeah, I have a personal Twitter account. Uh, the handle is the same for Twitter and Letterboxd, and that is Clint J H Page. The J H does stand for Jazz Hands. It does stand for Jazz Hands. And um, if you uh, if you like what you hear, uh, you can give us a a like or a review. On wherever you listen to your podcast, five stars goes a long way in making sure that we are at the top of the list on nostalgic-based content. I would say if you're listening on something other than iTunes, um, get on iTunes and leave <laughs> yeah. us a review on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, that specifically iTunes. Uh, uh, if you are not listening on iTunes, just make your way over there. And listen, you sh- probably shouldn't be listening on iTunes. Like, if you're listening on iTunes, there are better ways to listen to podcasts. Overcast yep. is great. But... yeah. If you're not listening on iTunes, get on iTunes, leave us a review. Correct. And maybe uh, subscribe just... to us so that we get two downloads each time. Bingo, bango. <laughs> um, we, we can't end 2019 sounding this desperate, can we? Uh, no, we It's can't. kind of our brand. Well, it's kind of our brand. Yeah, we're at this point of desperation, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, not, more, not necessarily desperation, but uh, just, just so people know, I guess, how we can... Uh, we it's good to hear that people, you know, uh, listen to what we produce, um, and having a public forum where you can recognize that is, is a good way to let us know as well. Very true. Um, that that's it. <laughs> We're done. Uh, that'll do, Donkey. We will see you soon. And Skinath for listening. Locked, loaded, and ready, baby. Um, say a funny thing. An anecdote of some kind that we can start this off with? No, I, I need something funny that we, I can drop at the end of the episode. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So, mm. um... I d- <coughs> it's always just happened organically. <coughs> I know. But it's like... Oh, man. Golly bum. Well, never mind.